The Trek Files, Season 6, Episode 22, Columbia Record Memo, June 9th, 1976. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Hey, Star Trek fans. Hey, yes, all you Trekophiles out there, especially you Star Trek historians. Hey, we've got a fun one for you this this week. Um, an aspect of Star Trek history, uh, licensing history, external, that uh, some of you are well aware of. And this may still be a fresh note to some of you. So listen, uh, let's just dive right in. And we've got a wonderful guest to talk about it this week. So as usual, check out all of our documents there on our page at facebook.com slash the Trek filed. Meanwhile, here's a little short excerpt to wet your whistle. <laughs> but hang on, I'll be right back with that guest and uh, this awesome, this awesome fun topic. Here are some ideas for Spock's comments on 20th century Earth. Topics could include women's lib, mass communications, especially television, the space program, the United Nations, birth control and overpopulation, pollution and environmental production, smog, religious wars, i.e. Lebanon, Ireland, world religions and philosophies, 20th century computers, 20th century technology. All right, Trekophiles. Hey, how many of you are aware of the album Inside Star Trek that Columbia Records uh, produced with Gene Roddenberry in 1976. Now, it's been reissued several times and combined with some other releases. Uh, it's been a CD issue, and, you know, if you go and check it out, you can find excerpts from it all over YouTube. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a symbol of that mounting time in the 70s when Star Trek is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, would it be uh, a TV show? Would it be a movie? And to think that Star Wars was still a year away, much less the motion picture three years down the line. Here's Gene and uh, Susan Sackett, his assistant, talking about the obviously and token Vulcan section of this album would have to be something. And they're talking about notes here about how, what to do with Spock and all things Vulcan. So I thought a perfect person to have back to talk about it, all things Spock and Vulcan is our good friend, Gene Laura, who is a professor emeritus of English at Murray State in Kentucky. Um, part of the, uh, her, her Night of the Twin Moon series was a fanzine reaction to everything Sarek and Amanda. She was in that first great wave of uh, fan fiction writers that led to everything Star Trek that we know and media fandom that we know. So, hey, Gene, it's so glad, I'm so glad I could get you back to talk about this kind of quirky moment in Star Trek, but still uh, <laughs> something that's, that's there. Uh, do, do you remember this album that we're talking about? I miss this somehow. And so <laughs> today was the first time ah. that I heard that interview uh, between Gene Roddenberry and uh, Mark Leonard playing the role. Yeah of Ambassador Sarek. <laughs> and it's so, so amazing because Mark was was playing Sarek as I wrote Sarek. Oh, okay. Yeah, just 
Wow. Uh, You're speechless. And yes. I, should th I should throw out to everybody that you 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 did not work on the series. You're you're purely of the you you submitted a, a spec script, but you're purely of the fans. Very prolific fan fiction generation that wrote that, that mm -hmm. built zines and conventions and very definite ideas about Sarek and Amanda. And I believe right. a prior visit you uh, you kind of blessed the way that Discovery had portrayed Sarek and Amanda. Yes. Yeah, because you're doing it my way. Uh, <laughs> I met Mark Leonard one time at a convention. I'm sorry, I've been to so many that I, I don't remember exactly where or when, but it was uh, when my books, uh, The Vulcan Academy Murders and mm -hmm. The Itic Epidemic from Pocketbooks. Your professional pocketbooks, yes. Were out, of course. Both of them feature Sarek and Amanda. And I just uh, used all the research that I had done to write my fanzines and just plugged in that family uh, as I interpreted them. So anyway, that this is the reason that Mark Leonard and I were invited as guests at the same convention. And I, I was just very happy to meet him. And he told me he was a little bit nervous about meeting me. Because, of course, I, I was the woman who sexualized his character. Uh, <laughs> now, what do you mean by that? In a positive way? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. The questions that Gene Roddenberry asks Ambassador Sarek on the recording are all answered in The Night of the Twin Moons and Full Moon Rising, mm -hmm. my fanzines. Mm -hmm. Now... Those were fanzines. The the professional books, no, you you don't don't write about the sexuality of your characters unless it's Kirk. You know, he he seemed to be the only one who was allowed to have a sex life. Mm -hmm. But it sounds from the recording as if uh, Gene Roddenberry would have liked to get into those things if it mm -hmm. had been. The, the 1990s instead of the 1960s. Well, that's kind of our general impression of... Uh, and he stepped that way a few steps with Next Generation when he had the chance. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Gene, but you're just hearing this, which is awesome. I love getting your fresh reaction to something <laughs> yes. from 1976 that somehow eluded you. Yes. I love that. But the idea, what strikes me here is I think Gene begins thinking he's going to have a Vulcan section and, and he'll have Leonard on like like he has DeForest Kelly, he has William Shatner elsewhere on the album. And I'm thinking that maybe Leonard had other things to do besides do this little record with Gene. So maybe Mark is a plan B. And so instead of talking about Spock per se, we're talking about Spock and Vulcans because the document we have this week... Um, he says, here are some ideas, or Susan says, here's some ideas for Spock's comments on 20th Century Earth, which looks like it was the original idea for this, which would have been mm -hmm. interesting, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, we get those little bit, you know, when they talk in Star Trek Four about, oh, well, it was the time of high pollution. You can tell it's the 20th century. I mean, you know, those little barbs that were commentaries. Um, it would have been interesting, but it winds up being with Mark Leonard there. Kind of a deep dive into <laughs> maybe they realized of all the ideas they had, the thing that was going to add the most spice to the record to the recording was was Vulcan sexuality. I don't know. <laughs> or biology, to be precise. Yeah. But it did answer some questions. So the whole thing about Spock being uh, in utero and all the special that Spock was the first uh, surviving Vulcan human hybrid. 
because in Enterprise we had a cloned uh, DNA baby of of uh, Elizabeth trip into Paul's baby who didn't survive, which preserves canon that way if indeed we use that let that be canon. I don't know, just a, a but that all flowed from from Night of the Twin Moons. I don't know. See, see that that's I would love to be able to ask. Because mm. that recording and I were on the same wavelength, mm-hmm. but I can't take credit because I have no way of knowing except that I know that Mark read the fanzines. I don't know if Gene Roddenberry read them. Oh, Gene. They were available to him. Gene, take credit. Take credit. Now that we're, <laughs> we're putting the, this is what we call dot connecting because look, it's all that. It's a very small world then though. This is before everything blew up, even with the motion picture. And you're right. It's it, to know that Mark is Mark was reading zines. He's reading your pro novels at the time. Uh, it was just, this is Susan and Gene are collaborating. Susan had her thumb on the fan world too. So I I think it's a pretty safe doubt that a lot of your uh, a lot of your ideas laid down for Sarek and things in general Vulcan and Baby Spock and Young Spock were. Uh, we're, we're part of this narrative. And if it's striking you that way, then I think that, that just, don't you think? You're being very humble here, but I think we're <laughs> seeing a big picture here. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, it's nice to think that. <laughs> but as I say, I can't prove it. Did anything sound, as you listen to that today, or as you look at this, uh, the memo that they prepared, which was, you know, pretty general. And then we've got, uh, <laughs> amazingly, Gene's handwritten notes here about what he thought that conversation would be. Does anything strike you as odd or out of character? Uh, no. There was a section, and I, I only had time to listen to it once through, where Mark Asarik was saying something about how a human woman mating with a Vulcan Oh, I wish I could remember the exact wording, but it was about how she would have to be very special and have to... Oh, have a strength? Have a resilience? Yeah, that, that she'd have to handle it very carefully. And, oh, I worked so hard on that. <laughs> <laughs> you mean in your description of the special, yes. the special, yeah. Uh, yeah, the hybrid is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's... Um... So it strikes. Well, I'm so glad that here, 50 years later, or wherever we are, that um, that they did a good job in your eyes. I'm... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and as you said, uh, I think before everything that happened with Spock and Sarek down the line, um, you know, much more. We didn't know. You know, the thing that that strikes me about Sarek, especially here in this conversation, is people forget. I mean, we see recurring characters all the time on all the modern start from next generation on, and really. If you go back and look at, just use the conventions as a measuring stick. Besides the regular cast, the only quote-unquote recurring characters we had were, you know, Harry Mudd was in a couple of episodes live action, brought back for the animated. The animated are a good yardstick, too. But who, I mean, who else besides Harry Mudd? Maybe Cyrano Jones, just because, you know, Stanley Adams, just because he was so colorful and made such an outsized appearance. But, you know, then we think Sarek and Amanda, and especially Sarek. And it's amazing to think that, you know, Mark Leonard was, was in two episodes. He played the Roman and commander and was so, mm-hmm. had such gravitas and, and, and strength. But there was only one episode. He only made one appearance as Sarek. <laughs> and yet he was so dominant in fans of the 70s consciousness that he was, of course, he was on the shortlist for guest actors at conventions. And mm-hmm. then look at the, the run of six original series movies. 
he's yes he, mark leonard's playing the klingon captain in the opening scene <laughs> but he plays Sarek three times increasingly mm -hmm. out of the out of the six movies so it's amazing that the impact that the character and his portrayal had on early star trek fans and and obviously the franchise because he's brought back as a character you know in discovery and we elaborate on the family some more so i think you mm -hmm. and your your books and your your you you all were right in line there with what was going on it's just amazing to think there was that all grew out of that one journey to babel yes appearance yes i don't know if that ever do you ever think that way or does that ever strike you that way well yes uh i i have thought of it uh but of course that was uh dorothy fontana i'm definitely on her wavelength <laughs> i mean you know she inspired me we had dorothy on the on the series here before she, she passed and uh it's just that's just such amazing and and again that first generation of of right gene coon and dorothy aside from gene that the folks that gave us um so much of these touchstones that we are still the modern shows are still going back to and i believe mm -hmm. Your opinion of Discovery was favorable with how they treated Amanda and, and Sarah. Yes, I, I think the actor playing Sark now is basing his role on Mark Leonard's portrayal. Yeah, James Frain. Yeah. Well, I know there are a lot of original series fans out there who might not have as high an opinion of <laughs> Discovery as you do, or maybe they're just out there and they're a silent group. But it was uh, it was interesting to hear your take on on a thumbs up there for uh, for the for the modern carriage of Sarek because it's we saw Sarek age with Mark Leonard and pass but here we're seeing Sarek 10 years before we saw him in Journey to Babel so which is mm -hmm. interesting well Gene thank you so much I, I'm so glad we were able to prod you into taking a listen to this <laughs> to this recording too so a thumbs up for this too it's uh, they're, if they're stealing from you I guess that's the best compliment of all no 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 this is the matter that everybody dips into it's it's like the trojan war it's like the the arthurian sagas hundreds even thousands of people dip into yes. that matter and write their own stories from it absolutely absolutely well thank you for joining us and being with well, us again to talk about this. i love shedding light on this the trek files is produced by roddenberry entertainment executive producer rod roddenberry now, all of our documents and your chance to comment are available at facebook.com slash the Trek Files. For more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. That's me at larrynimacek.com. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.rottenberry.com.